Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good, everybody. Welcome to the Crossover Podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Carrera. If you are new to the show, this is where we take a look at the opponent of the week. We take a deep dive with someone who knows all about the 49ers opponent that week. This week, I am very pleased and privileged to be joined by Benjamin Solak of The Ringer. What's up, Ben? What's going on, Stats? How you been, dude? Ah, I've been doing well. I've been having Ajita all week because I- I'm nervous about this matchup. I'm not comfortable. There's a lot of things I don't like. You're not the only one. And I think it's the same thing on the other side for us. Though Eagles, you know, Eagles fans generally feel themselves a little bit after the two wins, beat the Chiefs, you beat the Bills, you feel like you're immortal. And then obviously the Niners have been complaining about this game for like a calendar year at this point. So I would say like Eagles fan base is definitely excited, but also like, you know, Niners are a very good team. Eagles haven't necessarily played their best ball. Uh, and so it's going to be a tight one. It's going to be a close one. It's the weirdest part about this game to me is Everybody gives the Eagles credit for pulling games out at the end, which is true. I've been one of those people, and rightfully so. Yet, if you talk to the Eagles, they would prefer to live in the 49ers world. They would prefer to live being up two scores for most of the game, two scores going into the fourth quarter. It's just a really weird matchup like that. Yeah, the uh, well, Jason Kelsey keeps saying it, where he's like, Hey, we're eight and one. We haven't played our best ball. We're nine and one. We haven't played our best ball. We're ten and one. We have to play our best ball. Eventually, you get to the end of the season. If you're not playing your best ball, it's like, all right, this is your ball. This is your. This is what you got, right? And so the Eagles are kind of getting up up against it a little bit. Uh, and this stretch of of playoff caliber, Super Bowl caliber opponents, 
right? They have the Chiefs, they have the Bills, they have the Niners, they're going to have the, the Seahawks, and then they're going to have Cowboys again. Like, they're, they're playing a lot of tough opponents. It's going to tell us just exactly how good this team is. But certainly the big test for them is the Niners, right? Like, like uh, uh, beating the Chiefs feels great. You know that you could have beat them in the Super Bowl, and now you've officially beat them. Okay, that's awesome. You survived that Buffalo onslaught, great. But the Niners are the team that, you know, you beat them last year without Purdy in the NFC Championship game. You obviously dominated that game, but the, the script is massively changed by the quarterback injuries. Uh, this is the team where if you beat them in the regular season, you go, okay, we've beaten Dallas with Dak, we've beaten the Niners with Purdy, and mm-hmm. we've beaten the Chiefs. Like, everybody who could have been a problem for us in the NFC last year, we've beaten. And the team that knocked us out of the playoffs beat us in the Super Bowl, we beat them too. Okay, we feel like we can run this thing. And so this, uh, this is, of the heat check games that the Eagles have in this stretch, this is probably the most important one. Not to divert us totally, but you say all those wins and those are impressive. How the hell did this team lose to the Jets with no Sauce Gardner and no DJ Reed? Uh, 4-0 turnover differential, brother. It's an easy way to do it. Just give the ball away, give it away, and give it away. Uh, which the Eagles, like, uh, by a lot of offensive metrics, they're about what they were last year. Pretty similar points per game, pretty similar EPA per drive. A little bit worse, but in general, like, they're real good offense. The one thing is that their turnovers per drive is up pretty substantially. Uh, last year, Jalen Hurts did a really good job taking care of the football. This year, he's thrown more picks, and they've had some bad fumble luck. And so, Niners defense, obviously, an opportunistic defense. They can get theirs against this Eagles team maybe more successfully than they could have last year and so turnovers is why they lost that Jets game and it'll go down as one of the great little trivia points in history when the Eagles end the season 20 and one and they win the Super Bowl who is their one who is their one who is their one loss to the Zach Wilson Jets let's slow down a little bit there before we crown the Eagles I like to go through some matchups uh and if you and I disagree, we can explore. And if we agree, we'll just move on. Let's start. Who has the advantage? Eagles offensive line, Niners defensive line. Eagles offensive line. Uh, they're, they're they're back to being fairly healthy. Got Cam Jurgens back playing at guard. Uh, Lane Johnson obviously misses that game last week against the Bills, but presumably missed it so that he could play this game. He was trying to go for the Bills game. They just, abundance of, of caution didn't put him out there. Uh, obviously, the Niners' pass rush is, is, is gnarly. It's everything in a, in a bag of chips, right? Javon Hargrave, I know very well. Uh, they're adding to that interior rush. Chase Young added midseason. Like, this is a very good group, but you can run on the Niners. You, you could run on them last year and you could run on them uh, on this year too. When you're going to be such a penetration oriented front, uh, and you're going to have your linebackers play that aggressively. You're going to get TFLs. You're going to get stops near the line. But when a run hits, it hits. Uh, and then you see the Niners are bottom 10 and success rate against the run this year again. Just the, the nature of the structure of their defense. And this Eagles offensive line is just so good at getting movement, getting double teams, and, 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 and generating those rushing lanes. And so it's a big DeAndre Swift game. It's a big handoff game. But that particular area in the running game is where that Eagles offensive line has the advantage. Okay. You convinced me. I'm not going to fight you too hard on that It's one. not. It's not like... But the Niners defensive line is very good. The Eagles offensive line just tends to be better than whoever they're facing. This week, it'll be closer than usual. What about when it comes to passing? Because Jalen Hurts tends to hold on to the ball a little bit. I think his average time to throw is almost 3.1 seconds around there. And the Niners pass rush, especially the past few weeks, they've done a good job as rushing as a team. So they just yeah. kind of push the pocket back and then squeeze. So there's nowhere for you to go. And that's why if you watch the last few weeks of Eagles offense, that's what teams are doing against them as teams are, are, are mush rushing, right? Where it's like, okay, we're not trying to get to Hertz right now, sack him right now in two and a half seconds. We just want him to feel heat because he's going to bail if he feels it. The mm-hmm. biggest 
issue right now with Hurts as a player, the thing that's kind of keeping him away from the top tier of quarterbacks, the thing that's led to some of the regression this year, some of the, the poor play, is the pocket presence. He just doesn't feel comfortable and it gets muddy. He doesn't do a good job of getting his eyes to his check down. He wants to get out. He wants to run. And then against a lot of teams, when you get out of the pocket and you run, Jalen Hurts has an athletic advantage. Against the Niners, not as true, right? If you're running one-on-one with Dre Greenlaw, one-on-one with Fred Warner, like you're going to lose that a lot. Uh, uh, even an athlete of Hurts' caliber, especially with the knee injury he's been dealing with all season. So in the past, I think it's a lot more so stalemate, maybe like edge Niners, lean Niners. Eagles are still a really good pass protection line. And so like, you know, you, you'll see them, they lose in the must rush, lose in the must rush. Like Hurts is having a tough day. And then all of a sudden they get one clean pass protection for, for two and a half seconds. And it's a 41 yard bomb to Devonte Smith first and goal from the one. And that's how they beat the chiefs, right? They got one good pass protection drive and it was over. And so it, it can be like a, a 50, 50 thing. It can be like, Oh, the Niners are playing well, but the Eagles are going to get theirs in pass protection. They just have too much talent. And when they do hurts can beat you. It's going to be a test. The Niners secondary has allowed the second fewest explosive pass plays this season. But like you said, sometimes it only takes one. So we'll say, okay, matchup number two, Brock Purdy versus the Eagles secondary. Purdy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which uh, obviously like Purdy with the accoutrement, with the coach and with the, with the pass catchers and whatever, like, I, like, you know, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Don't say that. No one says that about Jalen hurts. That's not fair. Oh, I say, I say that about Jalen hurts all the time. I know, I know others don't. I certainly do. All right. Jalen hurts. In 2021, one Jack. And then A.J. Brown came to town. Jalen Hurts got a lot better real quick. All right. <laughs> I, 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 if others don't want to acknowledge it, that's fine by me. Jalen Hurts has two top 12 receivers, the same way I would say. Brock Purdy has two, like, top 14 receivers. Yeah, like, this is – this is uh, uh, they both benefit from huge advantages. Obviously, Eagles have no Dallas Goddard, whereas Purdy has George Kittle in this game. And then you have the Kyle Shanahan impact of things. Uh, in general, though, Purdy has played better this year than he played last year. He's improved that's for sure. Uh, like I, I, I get guff cause I don't rank Purdy as high as like other people do, but Purdy's a lot closer to being like a top quarterback to me than like Tua is, for example, we talk about guys in this system. I think Purdy brings more and has more to him. Uh, the, uh, uh, the bravery that, that Purdy's got is undeserved. It's unmerited. Like he, he got it's, it's white privilege, you know, I, uh, 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 bravery just cause he got to play in this offense for as long as he did. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't learn any real consequences. But the proof of the pudding's in the eating now. Like this guy is willing to sit there and trigger on some really challenging throws, and he has enough anticipation, enough zip to make it happen. Obviously, IU can debo at the catch point, solving a lot of problems for you there as well. Uh, Darius Slay's playing great ball this year, but James Bradbury is gettable. I know the debo versus James Bradbury is going to be a thing this entire game. Bradbury's a good player. He's a smart player. He's a quality corner. He's just aggressive, and so you can get him on double moves. You can trick him and stuff. Uh, and then the safety play and the linebacker play in Philadelphia is tough like even the addition of kevin byard safety group i think it's about an average group and then linebacker wise like ben van sumeran might be making his first career start against shanahan like that's just Ooh. recipe for disaster so yeah the edge goes to, to purdy and the niners passing offense there okay well let me flip it around then jalen hurts or the 49ers secondary and then obviously that's without talano hufongo so now you've got yeah. jaya brown making his second career start i think it's hurts uh I, i'm i'm a i'm a big Traverius ward fan always have been uh up and down season for Ward. And I would say that when you're up against AJ Brown, you're just probably in a losing proposition most of the time. Uh, and so I do think that that matchup doesn't necessarily favor Ward too much. Ward wants to be the bully, be the big guy in the room. It's just tough to do that against AJ. Uh, Devonte obviously is just has had a, a, a huge series of weeks. Defense has gotten really good at taking AJ away in zone coverage because AJ runs like four routes. It just they run the most basic stuff in the world. And Devontae saves your bacon there a lot because he becomes that secondary option and he's able to open up and, and find that space. And so 
danged if you do, danged if you don't, right? Hard to take AJ Brown away in man coverage, hard to take Devontae away in zone coverage, and they're both going to be on the field. So what are you going to do? Uh, and then Hertz is like, you know, uh, more accurate than he was in season past. He's more willing to throw over the middle of the field than he was in seasons past. He has pocket management issues for sure, but he also like, there are a few quarterbacks in the league who throw a go ball the way this guy throws it. So he can bite off a chunk real like he'd be playing bad 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 and then bang a 50 yard gain comes out of nowhere and it's really hard to stop he gets a one-on-one those receivers are going to win for him he throws accurate balls and so in general i think it's a hurts hurts advantage he almost reminds me honestly of young russ like from a from a deep ball standpoint from a just an unflappable like he could have a terrible first half but just when it's nut cutting time man the guy really legitimately 1000% believes he's going to get it done. Like yeah. no doubt ever. And those guys are hard to play against. Yeah. So like the Russ comparisons are, are good. I like them a lot. Like, you know, the, the size and the scrambling and the deep ball pension, whatever. But the other thing is that both Russ, like Russ has kind of become a meme at this point because he's older now. Um, but back in the day, he was as hurts as now where there's totally unflappable. Like they just don't blink ever. And they both believe they're just like predestined, determined by the yes. football gods to be the greatest in the world. And so they just don't like let anything spiral. They don't let anything snowball, which is like po most NFL quarterbacks are poised, period, just because by the time they got to the point, you have poise. But these guys are, are up actually on top tier in terms of that. And with Hertz, it's been massive over this season because he has had like that the first half of the Buffalo game, he was abysmal. Like it was so bad. And then he just walks out. He's like, yeah, we're going to score 34 points and win. Is that cool with everybody? Okay, great. So what do you do about that? You know, it, it's, um, it's, it's really quite something to see and watch week after week. You keep expecting it to break and it never does. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the Niners kind of they're kind of set up to break teams, get up, get up by multiple scores early, and then just press until it hurts. Essentially, the defense is going to pin their ears back and get after your quarterback. And the Niners offense is good enough to be able to add a touchdown here, a field goal here, and move the ball well enough pretty much every time to where they're always putting you in long fields. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, this is going to be the sort of a game where if the Eagles are up 14 to nothing, it's going to be like, all right, get out on this drive and run the football. And if the Eagles are down 14 to nothing, it's going to be like, all right, get out on this drive and run the football. <laughs> like you just can't leave the running game. You can't put the Niners in a position where they know it's pass, right? You have to be able to stay ahead of the sticks and you have to be able to keep the margin manageable and you got to be able to run the ball well, which is what they were doing to the Niners in the brief window the game was competitive during the NFC Championship game, right? That's what they started to do walking down the field. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like the, the the way that Javon Kinlaw played in the NFC Championship game led to the signing. Like it's like it, that's why they got Hargraves. Like for this matchup, for this game, he just happened to come from Philly. Uh, and so yeah, so I think that you you expect the Eagles to run the ball a lot to try to keep themselves out of that position where the Niners are gonna be able to break them. 
But even if you get like, all right, second quarter, it's 17 to three. I would so be telling the Eagles like, all right, we'll come out, run it. Like just that and until you are in the fourth quarter and it's got to score on this drive, you have to stay balanced against the, this team. It's to your advantage. It's to their disadvantage. And that brings me to my next matchup. Then who has the advantage in terms of coaching Kyle Shanahan or Nick Sirianni? Cause I think it's Sirianni. So are we calling coaching here? Just like general in-game management? Yes. Yeah. Sirianni. I think like, obviously Shanahan is a coach in terms of what he gives you schematically and philosophically and how he built the team. Like that I think is, is, is a huge edge in of itself, but when it's on the headset for three hours on a Sunday, I think Sirianni definitely manages the game better than Kyle does. He's more aggressive in the correct spots uh, as, as data would tell you, which is big. Um, and when Kyle has a lead to salt away, sometimes he gets a little, little weird with it <laughs> as we've seen over the years. And you don't want to be in that spot against the Eagles. Like I said, they've been really good in the fourth quarter. They've been so good when they're backs against the wall. And so if you have a, a knockout blow, you want to be able to connect and, and make them feel it. So I do think I do think it's Sirianni. Uh, game in Philly also. Like Sirianni is a good coach. When when the Eagles get in Philadelphia, Sirianni gets like, you know, the power of thousands behind him, right? The kind of the, <laughs> the culture gets going. It's like a, it's like an anime villain, right? He's just like collecting power. Uh, yeah, I think that I think it's Sirianni. You think Sirianni's going Super Saiyan against the 49ers? Is that what you're yeah, telling me? The Pander King, man. We, uh, I, I, when he's in Philadelphia, I tell you, he's a different beast. This is my worry in the game, is that I could see the Niners getting out to a two-score lead early and then getting the ball back. And then it's probably like fourth and three at like the 50-yard line. Kyle is punting there every single time. Every time Kyle's going to punt in that situation. He's did. He's did it against the Eagles. They punted like, you know. French field goal range, got like 27 net yards. Eagles walk down the field and score. Yes, you can't. It's like the Eagles are going to take advantage of opportunities to get back in the game on their own. And I feel like Kyle is going to leave the door wide open for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that that's why I asked for the clarification because I think if it's overall quality of coach, I think it's Shanahan. I think if it's the three hours on the headset managing the game on Sunday, I think it's Sirianni. And the last matchup I wanted to get to, who has the advantage, McCaffrey or the Eagles front seven? Oh, I mean, like, I think McCaffrey, I think has the advantage over every front seven in the league. Like, (laughs) I just don't like, there's no, there's no real answer there. I think Uh, the Eagles have no coverage option for McCaffrey at all. Zero, none, which like most teams don't, but like some teams at least have a guy they can try and they feel like they can do this. So they're just going to try to sit in zone the whole game and then rally up and tackle him. And then it's like, it's Bradley Roby and Nicholas Morrow and Ben Van Summer. And that's, that's your underneath zone guys against McCaffrey it's just like he's gonna beat the first tackler a lot I think it's gonna be a big game for McCaffrey catching the football and then running the football like certainly like this Eagles front is a gnarly front and they're gonna get their stops at or behind the line of scrimmage but the Niners are too good running the ball you can for you to consistently beat them in that aspect and then when they get into pass and they use McCaffrey out of the backfield like I just I do not know what the Eagles plan like you you can't dedicate too many resources to the back because then you just lose to downfield passes. So you're going to play zone coverage. Zone coverage is inherently built to force targets to the back and then rally and tackle. But when it's these guys rallying and tackling against Christian McCaffrey, you don't even like that matchup either. So yeah, I think it's, I think, uh, I think McCaffrey, if and when the Eagles lose this game, I think it's a McCaffrey MVP performance that, that gets it done. I mean, he was, he brought it in the NFC championship game. He had that touchdown run that tied it up just enough to give 49er fans hope. Like, Oh my God, maybe this game isn't totally. What if, what if, what if no, I think that he, I don't think that the Niners are necessarily going to be able to block the Eagles too well, but I think that McCaffrey is going to have to make plays like he did against Seattle on that touchdown run where there's just 
11 guys in a scrum and McCaffrey somehow finds his way through it, spins through a tackle at the goal line and gets a touchdown. I feel like he's yeah. going to have to get the hard yards. He, and he, uh, He's unbelievable at that, right? Nobody be- makes better chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what than McCaffrey does. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting uh, the Eagles are also thin defensive line. They don't. They probably won't have Fletcher Cox for this game. Uh, Millen Williams potentially, I think, back for this game if memory serves. Um, but they're not as deep on the defensive line. Like, they traded Contavious Street away this year. They're not as deep as they usually are. And so first quarter, second quarter, you might be losing in the running game. Third quarter, fourth quarter, like last week, Jordan Davis had to play his career high of snaps. Jalen Carter had to play his career high of snaps. Uh, uh, Moro Jomo is out there. Marlon Tuipilotu is playing his career high in snaps. The Eagles just had, they love to be too deep on the line and they're not that right now. And so first quarter, second quarter, you might be losing in the running game. Third quarter and fourth quarter, you can probably come back to the well and find some, some tired bodies and be more successful. You mentioned that Eagles defense the last two weeks, 166 plays on the field more than an hour and 12 minutes of actual game time how big of a factor do you think that is going to be this week enormous i um if i take off my eagles fan hat and put on my nfl betting hat this is a clear niner spot like the eagles are just in such a clear letdown position they played two extremely close extremely emotional games that have taken forever right there and they're getting a little bit banged up like this that you just can't keep riding on these piece 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 because eventually the floor falls out from under you because I'm an Eagles fan, because of how closely I follow this team, I've had that thought in my head like three times over the last two years, and it's never happened, right? They just are always able to keep the ship afloat. It's insane. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen this time. It just means like I'm a little bit less certain of that look. Um, but I think you saw like the Niners opened as, as small favorites, and they became a three-point favorite despite the fact they're on the road, in part because this Eagles team is just like from a formula perspective, looks like a team that's that's approaching a letdown spot because of the amount of game time, game time that they played, especially on defense, because of the emotions, the intensity of that game, Monday Night Football in Kansas City, like all this just catches up to you. So we'll see. But that, it is a, it is a very big deal. This this team, especially on defense, is a little banged up, and a little tired, and and they're dealing with personal changes every single week. It's just it's not a great spot for the defensive unit right now. I almost wonder if you're Kyle Shanahan, do you either come out and just run the ball like crazy to try and tire them out even more? Or maybe do you come out in like a hurry up offense and just try and, you know, sap that what little energy reserve they have so that, you know, in the second, third and fourth quarter, you can really kind of grind away. Why not both? I think that, yeah. So, I mean, you'll see McVay does this more than Shanahan where he just does like sudden bursts of tempo, Uh, but you've seen Shanahan do it before. I think it's possible, especially when you catch the Eagles in a personnel grouping you like, right? So for example, Jordan Davis is going to be on the field on first and 10. All right. He's there to stop the run. You run the football, it doesn't work. Second and eight, he's still out there. You pass it and incomplete third and eight. He's coming off the field because they're going to put someone on the pass rush for him. Third and eight, you convert. You go tempo right then because you don't want Davis to get back on the field for the first and 10. You just want to run the ball. Right. right? So the Eagles don't have a ton of personnel groupings. It's not like they're, you're really going to like blow their mind. But if you want to play an on off game, like with Jordan Davis, you can do that with tempo. That'll be to your benefit. I think largely, though, it's going to be running the ball. And you actually want like your early drives to actually sustain a little bit more clock. You don't want them to go too fast uh, because then, like I said, you get to put yourself in a, in a positive game script, let the pass rush work when the Eagles are, are, are down behind. That's why for me as an Eagles fan, I'm like, please just keep running the football. Uh, and then maybe when you get later in the in the first half and they're starting to gas, then you can really go high tempo and see if you can steal some points. You've actually made me feel a little better about the game. But I have to mention this before I let you go. The quarterback rankings for the ringer. Why do you hate Brock Purdy so much? Are you talking about mine? Yes. Oh, he's good. He's a good player. There's a lot of good players in the league. He's <laughs> not, like, I don't know what, like, I think Purdy's, 
13, 12? Like, I don't know. Take like, they, they, Listen, Niners fans are crazy, dude. You got past Jimmy. You got away from Jimmy. And the guy that was supposed to get you out of Jimmy completely and totally busted. Total mess, which, like, I still like Trey Lance, and I wish he could do something. But, like, whatever. Like, the, the injuries, what, coaching, whatever the reason was, totally missed. And you guys fell bass-ackwards, super lucky, into seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant, did not look good in college for one second, Brock Purdy. And he's very <laughs> clearly good enough to win a Super Bowl with. He's very clearly better than Jimmy is. Just be happy. Just be happy. Stop asking for other things. Just, you guys got the best thing in the world. Franchise quarterback out of nowhere, out of thin air. Just be pleased with that and stop worrying about anybody else. Well, you, look, you're preaching to the choir. 49er fans are mad at me because I still have not said that I think Brock Purdy's a franchise guy. I like to wait two years before I know because I'm old enough to remember Josh Freeman looking awesome for the Buccaneers his rookie year and then turning into a pile of nothing. So 49er fans are mad at me when I say I'm, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm going to wait. I want to see more data. But there is a, a united group of Brock Purdy fans that they want all the credit and they want the benefit of the rookie contract. And they want it all, Ben. Yeah, I mean, like, when we get three years from now and the Niners don't have the Purdy rookie contract and, like, they probably don't have the same personnel and they can't pay for people, are they going to be worse? Yeah, like, that always happens all of the time. Right now, the guy is good enough to win a Super Bowl with. And he's better than Jimmy was. This is everything you ever wanted. Like, obviously, would it be better if, like, Trey Lance was the next Lamar Jackson? Like, sure. But that didn't happen. Instead, the 250, whatever, second pick, sixth, whatever the heck he was, that guy's good. That's so nice. Just be happy and be nice. Enough. But it, you don't think he's as good as he looks right now? No. I mean, like, I, I don't think he's... It's not like as good as he looks right now because he's like making good plays. Like he, like I say, he's better than he was last year for sure. It's that in the 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 whole pie of percentage that you 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 cut slices out of in terms of who's responsible for the success of the Niners' offense. His slice is a smaller than the average quarterbacks for sure, and b smaller than I think the average 49ers fan or the average like national media guy wants it to be or claims it to be. That doesn't mean that he is bad. It doesn't mean that he's going to be bad forever. Like that sentence I just said was true of Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins at multiple points in their career. And then over the course of like starting for five straight years, because experience helps you out a lot. These guys made their piece of the pie quite bigger, right? Like Kirk, legit, uh, respectable size piece of the pie. Yep. Jared, still probably a little bit smaller than you'd like for it to be. But like it got bigger. Like it, the, the 2016, 2017, 2017, 2018 Jared Goff was like the tiniest slice of pie ever. And now it's like a de decent slice of pie that like this is his percentage of the offense. That's why he elevates it. That's how he brings it. Purdy's slice of the pie right now is pretty small. Doesn't mean he's bad. Just means that that's how that's because the offense has Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey and Shanahan. Like they're the main drivers of this thing. They should be. They're all insanely good. Doesn't mean he will be bad if they leave because, hey, he's got two years to continue throwing to some of these guys and develop good habits, learn how to play the NFL speed, improve his skills, work on himself in the offseason and make his piece of the pie bigger. Is there anything he can do right now to make his piece of the pie bigger in your eyes? Um, that's a good question. I like, I think certainly when you saw like the three game losing streak, when you saw some of the time without Debo, I think it like his target distribution stuff could be better where I think a lot of times there's like a, Kyle told me Ayuk was going to be open right now. So I'm going to throw to Ayuk and it's like, you got to have a thought post snap. They got to be able to like, <laughs> at the very least check your work. Uh, and then sometimes like, be willing to let other players make the plays for you and throw it underneath and, and, and whatever. So I think there's sometimes like a little too much dip on the chip, a little too much trust in the quarterback, which is an aspect of it. Um, like, obviously he's not going to get 
bigger, like he's not going to get taller. And so you're going to be a, a little bit of a smaller quarterback. I think he plays well within that. It's just like, that's always going to be a limitation of his. So that's not really something you can get better at this year. Um, yeah. I mean, like altogether, no, like in terms of right now, what he's asked to do, not too much. Like, I think certainly there's a world in his life in which like, he's going to have to walk up to the line of scrimmage and make a lot more calls and like set protections and, and adjust routes and stuff. And he just doesn't have to do that in this offense, but for as long as he's with Kyle, he won't have to. So. Yeah. That's kind of the, that that's a lot of the refrain from Purdy fans is like, yeah, he maybe he wouldn't be as good somewhere else with different personality, different coach, but he's here with these people and this coach. And so we're going to ride it out and we're going to see how far it goes. If you want more from Ben, you can follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak or read everything he's doing at the ringer. Listen, how many football podcasts do you do, Ben? Two, three, three. <laughs> You're unsure. There we go. <laughs> There you go. You can find Ben wherever you find football podcasts. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it, Stats. Take care, man. Thank you so much to Benjamin Solak of The Ringer again. Can't say enough about how good a guy Ben is. Really gracious with his time. Hope you learned a little bit about the Eagles there. Before we go, I just want to remind everyone, please, if you're new to the show, you can join us after the game every single week. We will be live on the Gold Standard Network, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch pages. Go to YouTube, search Gold Standard 49ers. It pops right up. You will see it there. Please join us. It's one of our most fun, interactive shows of the entire week. Hopefully, we are celebrating a 49ers win, but if not, come commiserate with us. I promise you, you will get a lot out of it. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Go Niners. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.